Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And today on Dawn of Justice Minute, we're talking about minute number 86, which is going to start with um, the Superman hearing about to begin. And then the minute's going to end with Lois Lane urging Perry White to publish an article about the truth quote-unquote, the truth about what happened. Is it a truth bomb? Truth missile. Ah, that's a better one. <laughs> um, today, uh, we kind of start with kind of like people who are going to be involved in the hearing, um, mostly Wallace Keefe, um, being interviewed before the hearing is uh, goes underway. So the hearing doesn't actually start in this minute. Um, but what we get is Soledad O'Brien, which is a real reporter. She's actually an anchor woman in most of her career, so it's it's kind of weird to see her, um, like on the on the front line, kind of on the streets. Yeah, and uh, she has a she had a show with HBO, um, among other many other, um, I guess, premiere kind of um, shows that she hosted. Um, but most notably, she had one uh, hosted on HBO. I believe that one was Real Sports. No, is it? Let's see. I can't remember. She's which. a sports journalist. No, she's not a sports journalist. Um, she well, according to Wikipedia, she's it's a she's a broadcast journalist and executive producer. Now she had a show on HBO that I think I don't know if it was just Real Sports with Brian Gumble, but. She she also worked she was she's worked with CNN and all that. Um, what I'm trying to connect is that her work with HBO and because HBO has like a relationship with Warner Brothers is why she is in this movie. Okay, so she's among like the Charlie Rose and Neil uh, Tyson, Anderson like, Cooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. John does Stewart. Anderson Cooper have one on HBO. What does he have on HBO? Oh, I don't. He's with CNN though. Yeah, and CNN true. plays a huge part. CNN and uh, HBO, they they have relationships with Warner Brothers. Um, CNN being like, I think one of the only real news networks that's shown in this uh, DC film. Yeah, it is the only one that's shown in the, this. I think they have like Metropolis News. No, MSNBC. That's an actual outlet. Yeah, but they're also in... Are they in this? I'm pretty sure when we were looking at the microphones from last week that we saw... An MSNBC. A CNN and an NBC. All right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, she's she's interviewing... Um, she's here on the front lines, and she we see Wallace Keefe uh, kind of roll into frame. He's in the wheelchair that Lex Luthor gave him, and... Uh, one of the things I noticed, just because we're doing it minute by minute, is you you can't help but now notice his CGI legs, right? I'm going to be honest with you. I never really paid attention to his actual legs rolling up in this wheelchair um, until you just said it right now. And it's like when you when you play it over and over again, you see how like blurry his pants are yeah. compared to his suit. like, And it just kind of, I don't know, I feel like... It shouldn't be that hard, one. And two, why not just get 
a really good actor who doesn't have legs <laughs> you know like i feel like that's a question or maybe it's like maybe it's like uh hey let's let's try to test out the technology on something simple you know like yeah. let uh let's see then again it's like if you can render giant monsters in like pacific rim and have like really really good cgi what's stopping you from having really good cgi no legs yeah you know and i it's not really just when he's in the background but it's more important when they actually like <laughs> bruce wayne is watching this from his from wayne enterprises or wherever his his uh conference room and the camera guy for the news outlet for some reason is like hey let me zoom in on this guy's no legs, you know, like they do that. Yeah. yeah you see. She's interviewing him. And the camera guy's like, uh, let, let me just show the folks at home. This guy has no legs. Oh, well, I mean, the, the thing is, this is what war looks like. Mm-hmm. No legs. But it's like when you focus on it, it's like. It's just blurry. And I and I, you know, I just I feel like can't we just get like a guy with no legs anyways and like that would just save a lot of trouble and also like you know highlight like let's get some people that actually have those problems but also want to be actors in hollywood you know what i'm trying yeah, to say i know exactly what you're trying to like, say i don't want to chance. sound like an asshole with saying is there a large market for uh, paraplegic actors when, if it's the walking dead yes that's what i'm saying like there's that one guy that was that zombie that's like the half zombie mm-hmm. and he was uh you know he he's all over the internet doing scary things in grocery stores and whatnot but that's also kind of fucked up they're like you can play a zombie because you've got yeah no legs <laughs> yeah that's yeah i mean because scoot mcnary playing this role it's not a huge it is a huge role i guess so maybe it does need a very good actor you thought wallace keith needed a really good actor to be portraying that character like you needed a really good actor to portray Wallace it's an Keith. important character for the story because it represents man another viewpoint of man's hate towards god being superman but like so it is kind of important i get that um i guess i don't i don't know maybe they did try with actors that have actual amputations or something but i just it's more noticeable now that we're looking at it minute by minute and it's not really a critique. I mean, good for them that we didn't notice throughout the film. Yeah. You know, it's just, we're noticing it now, but I think, I still think, uh, Scoot, uh, McNary really brings his character to life. I mean, I believe everything he's saying kind of, cause it's like, at no point do, am I like against the character? Yeah. Um, I, I hear you. But so we're we're over at Wayne Enterprises, right? Bruce Wayne is looking like a billion bucks. Bruce Wayne doing some Bruce Waning. Yeah, we get a little good portrait of uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the background as Thomas Wayne. Which that's a really bad painting of him. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it. You're I, gonna I say don't, I don't. I, Have you seen the real thing? Yeah, I saw the real thing when they were like going around the internet where when you know there was pictures of it, or whatever. I don't think that's a. It's it's good. I'm gonna look it up right now because I've never seen it. Is it is it really bad? No, it's not really bad. It's just um, I don't know. Is this a Photoshop image I'm looking at? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that was. No, it's okay. I don't know. Oh, here's that photo. That yeah, that's 
That's the one. That's the photo. That's the one that I saw that came that, on the yeah, internet. Yeah, where people are like, oh, look. Yeah, it's, it's Thomas them, Wayne. Them, like, loading it into a... Yeah, they're like... I think they were... Putting it in the set, maybe. Yeah, putting it into the set. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks pretty good. It, it's a, it's good. I, I think it looks probably better in those photos that you're looking at on the internet versus what it's in the movie. Well, in the movie, it's kind of out of focus, right? It doesn't get any better than that, right? Sure. Um. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, but uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne in this scene, he's he's looking good, you know? He's, I don't know, I feel like this movie, now I'll be honest, it gets a little sketchy in, in uh, the third part of this trilogy, but in for this film right here, whenever Ben Affleck is Bruce Wayne, you know, that's what he cared about. He was like, I don't really focus too much on trying to be Batman, mm-hmm. because that's all the stunt double and stunts, and Zack Snyder will make me look like Batman. Mm-hmm. My job is to deliver the Bruce Wayne that they want me to deliver. And he fucking kills it. Even when he's not saying anything, it's just like Superman in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Like, or, and also this film. Um, well, debatable for some people, but <laughs> regardless of speaking lines, when you're on camera, I go, that's fucking Batman. Like, in this moment, like, no cow, like, that posture, that stance, that furrowed brow kind of thing, like, five o'clock shadow like that i have a question yeah how um often like we know a a good idea of of a batman bruce wayne relationship is that within himself batman bruce yeah within himself so like bruce wayne doesn't do much of bruce waning in uh offices and like wayne enterprises from what we have seen, like in more, yeah, you're gonna have to spit some examples because okay, it really depends. The on... The only one that I'm gonna bring up right now is Christian Bale. So he doesn't do a lot of Bruce Wayne stuff because <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he goes out all night and then he sleeps through board meetings or whatever the hell yeah, you want to go. How often do you think uh, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne is in these offices? Like, is he there Monday through Friday? Like, you know, of course, he's, yeah, he'll like, he'll like show up at like yeah. six a.m. But like, he'll you know leave he has at, to. at one. Yeah, like yeah, this is an old Bruce Wayne that gives a damn about running his company. the company. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's there more often now because of what happened during the Black Zero event. Because now he's like, you know, last time my people got hurt, I was not there to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, he ran through debris to get to a building of his. You know his work family just to try and save them regardless if it was two gods throwing themselves through it. Mm -hmm. Like now he's like fully committed to protecting them and fully committed to, um, ensuring security and all that kind of stuff. That's just something within Batman where he's like, I have to be there to help these people. Mm -hmm. Now I think Bruce Wayne should, I, I feel like it's wrong for Bruce Wayne to not, give a shit about what his company can do and i think in my opinion one of the best um batman bruce kind of balancing is from scott snyder's batman where um his bruce wayne tried doing just as much justice as batman did with like the cow on Mm -hmm. like he was like i'm here to fix gotham 
like structurally like uh, lay a better foundation improve the actual basically enforcing plans that would turn gotham into the next metropolis mm-hmm. like that should be a bruce wayne thing and and in court of owls and city of owls all that shit like that's what we were getting or that's what he was at least trying to do and as long as you're trying to do that i'm on point with that but in the dark knight trilogy where you're using bruce wayne um to seem like a facade and to use the company itself as like a facade to fund your you know your toys and all that shit like that's not what you're there for you know as a director and i don't really want to point fingers but if you're as a storyteller if you're just like yeah we're we need to show bruce wayne kind of um doing like a magic trick so that we can be like oh yeah he's you know pretending to still be bruce wayne so that people don't think twice and just doing that as to kind of um like trick people and just saying like oh yeah you know he he doesn't really give a shit about the whole wayne enterprises thing but yeah we have to show him you know i don't know how to say it like being a decoy or whatever oh there goes phone <laughs> but um like i feel like that's the wrong way to go about it <laughs> I feel like, what is Batman if he doesn't give a shit about half of the things he does? Yeah. You know? That's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's like... Like, he should need to be yeah, Bruce Wayne as much as he is Batman. Yeah, whether you're in... See, and that's what's so good about this moment is because whether you're in the tuxedo or the or the cape and cow, give a shit about what you had the chance to do. Mm-hmm. And this guy rarely sleeps, so it's like, if you have to be there at work, you can do something to help you as Batman anyway, so... Just, I don't know. Sleeping in the conference room, I guess that's a funny joke because, yeah, maybe you're tired, but <laughs> if you're Bruce Wayne, you don't give a shit about what you... I don't know. It's like, that's infuriating because it's like you... You're just getting... You're like, you're not taking responsibility of like the power that you have as a billionaire who owns a company that can do pretty much anything. Yeah. That's some fucked up shit. Listen to Uncle Ben from that other storyline <laughs> you're not wrong man um but you know he's he's watching Walsh keith and i guess he obviously remembers him from the black zero event um and he hold on i'm trying to piece things together right here he's just now realizing that this guy from the black zero event has received no help from the Wayne Enterprises at this moment. He's just now realizing it. He's just now realizing that, hey, that guy who's supposed to be getting 100% full support from the Wayne Enterprises is uh, is acting like he's received nothing at all, mm-hmm. and which is extremely alarming. So he's like, he calls for his assistant to kind of hurry up and, and meet him with um, so he can get to the bottom line of why this guy is testifying against Superman. Um, but then we cut it off after that. We'll, we'll have to get back to that tomorrow. Now, what's really interesting about the second part of this minute is we get a, what I think is a really good Lois Lane. Wait. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Before that, I'm just now seeing on these TV screens of Wallace, there's a hashtag, hashtag Superman hearings, mm-hmm. slash www.inthemoment.net. 
Is that the actual website of for in the moment? I went to that. Yeah, and it it's a it was a it was actually used to promote the film. And You're it, kidding? Yeah, and it's a it's a dead website now. You go do it, and he goes, Warner Brothers is not currently doing anything with this. But space. in the moment was a real show, wasn't it? No, 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 no. How, why am I? Is it just well, because I've seen this movie so many times? It's burned in my brain that sold out O'Brien that she has a TV show called In the Moment. Because when she in the beginning of this minute she goes. Uh, uh, what did she say? She's like, Mr. Wallace, Soledad O'Brien, in the moment. And then she goes into like her questioning. Yeah, that's like, I'm from, this is, I'm Soledad O'Brien from yeah, the show, but in she's, the moment. Like her actual records and stuff. She's never been on a show called In the Moment. This was made for. So, In the Moment's a fake t- TV show. Fake news Damn channel it. or segment, yeah, for the movie. And Warner Brothers created a website called In the Moment.net. Damn it. And you went to it, and it was like an in universe. Yeah, there's a whole channel. symbol. Just got a symbol for it. About Superman. Executive live report. So we kind of missed out on that. Exclusive live report. We m- missed out on it? We missed out on it. Man, I wonder what that website would have been like. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been like propaganda against Superman. I hope so. I wish... Uh, I, I want to know if anyone... Do you think like people keep that stuff? Like those fake news websites and they like kind of catalog them so you can revisit them? Oh, I'm sure. We like, don't do anything on Reddit. And I'm sure there's a butt ton of stuff on I, reddit i manage a dceu minute on reddit like user profile and i keep tabs on the dc cinematic board but anything going on in there oh on the board oh hell yeah yeah there's a lot of shit going really? down yeah you should definitely check it out shout oh, out to uh r slash dc cinematic or dc eu dc minute. cinematic is what DC it's called cinematic on reddit yeah anyways um I want, I'm I'm hoping that somewhere there's a way or someone is cataloging all the fake uh, movie websites. Like I remember the Cloverfield one being a huge one. That was like yeah, that was that was like one. the start of hey, we can use websites to make in universe. The like, first Cloverfield one, right? The first one, yeah. yeah. And it was like a puzzle solving or some shit. You had to like put pieces together or something. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. That shit, like, that gives me life. Like, the whole fake ad campaign for Harvey Dent, that was the dopest shit. Um, I just love stuff like that. I, you know, I want that to be a thing. And I want to see what this website used to look like and if there are any other websites. Um, That should have been a bigger, that should have been a bigger marketing campaign. Not, hey, Batman and Superman are going to fight. Whose side do you choose? But, Hey, we're divided on Superman. We're pro Superman. We're anti alien kind of thing. Like, what would have been better is that like they should have made the Superman hearing more. Like that should have been the issue. Like whether or not he's actually doing the right thing. Like the the trial should have been a thing. Like when was the? I remember seeing the trailer and then watching Superman, like in suit, walk into the Senate building, mm-hmm. like into a trial room. Like that's something that's never been seen on a screen before that should have been something a little bit bigger yeah we should have really pushed that he was being on trial well yeah. he's well technically he's not on trial he's on, he's on hearing. hearing but they should have that should have been a huge thing for this film where it was like yes we know the battle of metropolis was a huge disaster like let's push that envelope yeah. like let's push that let's put marketing campaigns in like the divide of it you know, yeah, 
quit all that shit about team batman team superman um you know that that that's not you'll create that by pushing the marketing of should there be a superman you'll create like because if you're team batman then you're against having an alien tell you what to do yeah and if you're pro super could have gone (laughs) (laughs) and if you're pro superman then you're like hey you know we as a population on this planet have been looking for a savior kind of thing like those stances and then with the media scene with the hearing with what happened in Nairobi, wallace keith batman lex luther lois lane all these people's opinions about the superman just makes sense to you because you go into the film expecting that yeah we weren't expecting any of that because the entire time we we're thinking so somehow Superman turns evil and they fight in the desert and Batman has <laughs> kryptonite. Like that's not the point of the film. <laughs> yeah. The point of the film is like, should we fear this guy or not? And that's what Batman represents is that fear. Iconically. Um, and I feel like moments like this minute would feel so, um, there would be minutes like this you know, going through the film, you're like, "What? Why aren't they just fighting yet? Like, why do we have to go through this whole hearing thing?" You know, it should be like a like this is almost like suspenseful in a sense. Like, this yeah, is, this is you, a buildup. But no one was expecting this, yeah. and if they went into the film expecting this kind of tension mm-hmm. on like a West Wing drama type level, yeah, then when it comes time when the movie premieres and people sit down and they're ready to watch the film, this is expected. This is and not expected in like a oh I saw that coming, but more like a, I know that this is the movie that I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. Like this is the stance that they are taking with this film. I get it now, and I'm ready to watch it. That's how I view the film. More of like that's why sometimes I want to say it's a Superman film and not a Batman film because it's just all about how do we judge this character. But then again, why are we choosing to judge this character? Um, so it's, it, I don't know, like this hearing the media scene really enjoy all this because I think that's what they should have marketed. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It should have been bigger. It should have been more suspenseful. Um, but yeah, we were getting in the lowest lane in the second half. Yeah. So she, she's just got the information from Swanwick from last week about what really happened in Nairobi, how everything was orchestrated by, uh, Lex Luthor. Excuse me. And uh, she's urging Perry White that she has the information. She needs an article published immediately before this hearing. Um, And that Superman must not be allowed to know about the truth because it could could corrupt what comes out of his mouth during the hearing. And what's really interesting is that when she's telling Perry all this, um, he's, he's extremely hesitant. Um, but what she's she's asking him to trust her as a reporter and to think Watergate. Now, that's think, supposed to be like a let, let's expose this all. Yeah, and the, like the true grit of journalism shines in this moment because you are revealing the truth, mm-hmm. which is although painful, you'll get past it and you'll you'll be better off knowing the actual truth. Yeah. Like. The truth is going to suck and it's going to hurt, 
but we need to rip this band-aid now like we need to put this out and that's kind of what watergate was all about um which is interesting because um one of our listeners michael he was saying that like he's been kind of keeping track of all the all the real life scenarios that we've uncovered mm-hmm. doing this podcast so black zero event was like 9-11 sure um Nairobi thing the cover-up being kind of like uh, that, that, that gulf war mm-hmm. like whatever happened there and then bruce wayne's like if there's a one percent chance we need to go it, it reflects dick cheney's one percent doctrine now we have a watergate moment and it's like they're they're really influenced by all these real world things and they're like putting it in like a big old melting pot mm-hmm. of like a superman story like everything has been caused by superman or everything is revolving around superman into one giant like storm of politics like it's good like that's intense i applaud you <laughs> so now we have our little watergate moment and i like it i like lois lane being this kind of lois lane like man of steel lois lane where she's like i have the truth i need you to run a report right now like this like you yeah, can feel lane. you can feel like heartbeat racing kind of moment and it's yeah. not just like oh i'm superman's girlfriend i work at the daily planet i'm watching the news too and i'm gonna see what happens and i'm not really doing anything except reacting to whatever is being told in the story right now she's she's pushing the gears that are moving within this entire um entire main plot as well and then we get to see some very interesting people on the subway as well. Yeah. So she passes Kahina and she actually looks at Kahina. Shouldn't, should Does she? she? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh yeah. 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 She passes Kahina and it actually took me a few times after watching this mm-hmm. to actually notice Anatoly behind her. Smooth um, ass cannoli. Yes. <laughs> Smooth ass cannoli Anatoly. <laughs> oh my god! Did you write that down, or no. that just came to you? I mis said his name actually. <laughs> <laughs> Even better, right? Where's my pen? Oh my god, that's good. Yeah, I did not notice this smooth ass Anatoly cannoli uh, coming down the stairs. But yeah, she looks at Kahina, and. She's talking to Perry about all this, but shouldn't she? Why doesn't she say anything to Kahina? Obviously, I mean she doesn't know her. She never interviewed her, so like, I get I don't know. Like, if she's like really digging this deep into all this stuff and realizing that Lex Luthor's stuff is all a lie, and then she sees the person that's like saying all the lies, like right there, shouldn't she be like, "Hey, uh, I'm a reporter. Why didn't Why did you say all these things?" I don't know. Like, that seems like an instinct should be like to grab her and be like, hey, why? Good question. Um, but now. Like, she doesn't see Anatoly because she's looking at Kahina. And Anatoly does something really smooth where he, like, turns his body right as he's passing. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, let me just not look at you. And he's really good. He's really good. Um, Yeah, so sneaky. And I think this is a deleted scene, correct? Because we don't see Kahina for the rest of the story. We only saw yeah. Kahina in the beginning of uh, well, the movie. Kahina's, Kahina does not come back. In the theatrical version? The scene of her right after this, like what happens to her, so like Kahina's fate 
Mm-hmm. No, for lack of spoilers, that didn't happen in theatrical. No, but- we don't. Yeah, the only other time we see Kahino was in last week's, where she does show up all of a sudden to. Um, and I didn't tell you the truth. I didn't tell okay. you the truth. I am pretty sure that was that. That was, which is really weird because we're all of a sudden we're like, what? Change our heart? Who? Yeah. What? And then, but yeah, this part right here, we don't we don't see her again because we're not supposed to know her fate. I believe. I'm gonna have to watch the theatrical cut again. Oh, jeez. Yeah, maybe. But um, they're both headed to the same place, though. Yeah, they are. So why are they going? Wait, do you think Kahina's headed to the same place? Does I she thought she was to... gonna be there at the hearing. Does she need to be there at the hearing? There's no empty chair for her, like how there was for Lex that we see. Yeah, you're right. Maybe she wasn't going to be at the hearing. She already said what she needed to. Yeah. They already have that on document. But then she reversed her statement. She's not going to go correct her. Yeah, she's not going to go lied under oath. Man, there's so much with this woman that I'm so confused sometimes. Yeah, does she have like... uh, I'm trying to think like protocol. Like, what do you do? What is done after? Diplomatic immunity. What did they do? What did they do with the... Mm. Maybe she does, and like what do if you, she lied. What did they do oath, with like the? Oh well, with that uh, person's daughter who lied during the Gulf War. Like what was? What was? I don't remember. Um, someone, uh, if you're out there, let us know what happened. They just threw the like they um, they just kept the, I, I just remember reading the trial or whatever the hearing came back just uh, inconclusive, just because they realized that oh she was um. Because if I was Senator involved. Finch, I would be like. You come to my office, tell me that, that you lied under oath, I handcuff you, then you're brought into the hearing. I don't know, that's probably against the law and against protocol, but I'd be like, all right, no, I have to detain you now because you yeah. are confessing that you lied under oath. Mm-hmm. Now you have to go on record confessing the truth. And Conflict that- of interest, I think that's what it turns mm-hmm. into. So, um, I don't know. And... Something that we need to solidify is what this hearing is actually about. Yeah. The hearing is about Superman in general. Like, he's not there to talk about Nairomi. He's there to talk about everything he's done since he made it to Earth. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they're... I mean, he's really there to just be like, hey, like, own up to your doing what you're doing and... uh quit overstepping your boundaries or these are the rules that we have to follow by if you're going to be a u.s citizen you can't be going over to other countries i don't think it's a scolding it's more of it's just questioning they'd be like when did you arrive what is your real name what planet do you come from uh this that and the other like where did where did you go to school you think that's what it is oh they would and then he would be like uh i will save that for a closed session so after they do this open session then they all meet in a smaller room where it's just the senators and Superman. Can they actually, can you do that? Yeah, like, that's what you do. You have an open session hearing and then later on there's a closed session hearing where you go like. Do people, does the the general populace know what happens in the closed session hearings? Um, Is I that public it, I think it gets released later. Um, but I know in a lot of hearings they do that where they're like, I don't want to discuss that here. I'd rather discuss it in closing kind of thing. Well, what's the point of that if it's all just going to come out anyway? I don't know. I don't really know. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they would ask him, okay, so between the the day you got here and the day that you're 33 in Metropolis, 
what were you doing during that time? And he'd be like, I did this, and I found this scout ship. And I did I, a lot of crushing it from the ages of 12 to 24. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and they're like, who is General Zod? Uh, <laughs> he's the guy that came in and wanted to, you know, make me a... Uh, and they'd be like, well, who like who did this, and where does that suit come from, yeah. and what is that material? And they'd literally question him about everything, and then they were like, can we ask you about the incident in which you stopped an earthquake from happening by shifting tectonic plates, and did you, you know, like, did, at any point did you... Yeah, there was a news article in the background. Oh, you're right, the Yeah, and then, then he stopped, like, the super germ. that happened in, the, in, a, in another Superman yeah, movie, but not this there one. There was one about super germs or something, that he, he destroyed a super germ that was going to plague most of the population, so he did that as well. A mesovirus. Yeah, that. And then, you know, he... Um, they also question, do you know of any other Kryptonians that are on this planet that we do not know about and you'd have to confess about that and shit they questioned him about everything eh. and then they would qu- probably question like what was your thought process when you decided to stop that earthquake or stop this Nairomi out thing like they would question his motives and they would question like his will to choose like do you think that what you're doing is right like this would be a super long hearing oh yeah I'm sure um, which would have been really incredible to hear <laughs> Yeah. Um, I wish... See, remember we brought this up earlier. I think it was with Scott a few weeks ago. Um, the Anatoly tailing Kahina in this fits really well. And, like, remember we were saying that he should have been coming out of the uh, Gotham City Police Department after um, Clark was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Santos's yeah. wife or whatever. Yeah, so in case... Because our, our argument of her being a, a Luther plant... And if he was there, that'd be good. So anyway, I think but. so. I'm gonna. That's my in my head canon. She was a. She's plant. a plant. Okay. Cool. Um. Sorry, I ran through like all my notes. Did you have it? No. I yeah. Stay? That's 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 mine. I th- my extent of that was um. My biggest one is that I, 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 I didn't notice Anatoly for a very long time after watching this movie, and I think it was until. Before we started doing this podcast, mm-hmm. I watched this movie one time through, and I think at that viewing, I was like, oh, snap, because, you know, obviously you're going trying to look closer at it before you're going in even more closer anyway. When I first watched the the, the theatrical cut, and I probably watched it like three times before I saw the ultimate cut, and for the longest time, I was like, who gives a shit about this guy, you know? Who mm-hmm. is this guy? I guess he's just like Lex Luthor's like main thug, you know? And then people are like, oh yeah, that's Anatoly Kanizev. He plays KG Beast. And then I'm like, oh, so I got to care about this guy. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so this is KG Beast and this is like his real world um, adaptation, live action. Doesn't really look like a super villain. But then the Ultimate Edition comes out and you go, damn, this guy's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Because he's not really in the theatrical cut. He's like, all right, um, I'm gonna move out. Yeah, and he like he has like sun, he's like sunglasses man. He starts shooting people with just a regular gun. We never see any flamethrower stuff in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. We don't see him until he, later on, where we go, where he kidnaps Lois Lane. But by that time, you've already forgotten about him. In the Ultimate Edition, you keep seeing him so much that you remember him. Mm-hmm. So it makes a difference when he shows up later. Um. 
at that point, it's just like, oh, he was in Nairobi, and then he's about to kill Martha. And that's pretty much it. I have a question. This is probably something that we can... I don't think I remember it, but months or weeks or however long time goes. When we first were introduced to Anatoly, remember we had like the passport picture or whatever? Mm-hmm. Was there anything on that rap sheet that said KG Beast? I don't think so, right? No, I'm sure that's just like a a foul nickname that he got out of just notoriety. Well, I don't know. You think he's actually referred to as the KG Beast? Spoilers here. Look at fucking Deathstroke. Sorry for cursing and for spoiling, but like, come on. Like, they, the two of them are on the same somewhat level. Somewhat. Um, Unless his tattoos say something in Russian. They say KG Beast. Well, I was thinking, like, on the rap sheet, it would be, like, Anatoly Kanaizev, a.k.a. KG Beast, clearly, but... Missed opportunity? Maybe, but it seems... It was probably way too on the nose. Someone probably thought of putting that in there, Mm -hmm. Um, but too on the nose. They need to embrace some of their code names, like, Deadshot goes by Deadshot, you know? Yeah. In Suicide Squad, they really call him that, um... And I think they need to stick with it because as a person who commits a lot of crimes, you don't want to give away your identity more so than a superhero, I feel like. Yeah, I'm not too on the up and up with, you know, as you guys know, on on the Suicide Squad side of things. So I can't remember if they even call him Floyd that much in the comics. Um, yeah, no, you, I mean, in the comics they wouldn't. Amanda Waller would not. I don't think so because you got to keep everything confi- code, code names. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute. And uh, don't forget, check us out on the DC Cinematic Minute listeners group on Facebook. You can join us and other listeners and other of our past guests on the show. And uh, tell us what you thought about this minute or any other minutes that you're catching up on or uh, Man of Steel Minute if you're catching up on those. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.